and welcome back to See the Sunrise. I'm glad that you have joined me again this week for another um, podcast on various topics to help encourage you in your faith walk. Before I uh, get started, I'd like to remind you to join me tomorrow, August 15th, that's Saturday, for my second part of the series, Trifecta of Destruction, uh, uh, Anxiety, Panic, and Depression. This is a free webinar, so if you're interested, if you will go to mamiejohnson.org and click on events, you'll see it there and just sign up, and I will look forward to seeing you tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. And it's an only one-hour session, and so you can give yourself for one hour to gain more knowledge and um, put some more arsenal in your spiritual belt. So today on See the Sunrise, I always want to give you encouraging messages. And this week, I've focused a lot on my daily devotions on prayer. And prayer is one of the ways that we communicate with God and God talks to us. And so I thought it really important that we spend some time, or I spend some time, talking about the uh, prayer. Now, when you think of prayer, you think of, okay, it is we sit, we, we get on our knees, or whatever your posture might be, and you render your prayers or whatever is on your mind, you render it to God. Well, you know, some people find it difficult to actually engage in that uh, dialogue and communication with God, but it is a, a significant way of getting that um, connection, feeling the presence of God. And I have found in prayer, that's exactly what I get. It's a time where I pull myself away and I sequester myself with God. Now, since I like being really authentic, especially when I'm doing um, pod podcasts or anything that I'm doing, I want to keep it real. Uh, when I first started my faith journey, or as a little girl when I prayed, my prayers were very simple. You know, you, 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 you'd say things like, um, Lord, best bless this food, or uh, if you're my husband, you're saying good food, good meat, good God, let's eat, but it was nothing like that. It was more of the things you learned, uh, like when you went to bed, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I should die before I wake. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Well, you know, when you get a little older, those prayers become rote and you really don't hear what you're saying. Or if you do hear it, you're really not listening to um, really what it, what it actually means. And so I thought I would um, bring a list together or bring, bring some um, highlights to some of the prayers that I think that it's important for all of us to pray and to engage in and that um, something that you could follow on a regular basis. So one of the things, and I also, let me say, pulled scripture to assist in understanding how to pray and what to pray for. One of the things I found in prayer is that a lot of times people are asking for things, asking for what they want, asking for God's deliverance. I referred to when I was a little girl, uh, some of my prayers, and I remember once looking out the window praying about situations in my home. I said out loud, whatever's going on, whatever curses were going on in my home, that God would remove them with me. I would say that that was probably one of my very first authentic prayers because it was coming from the heart of a little girl who was very saddened and disappointed about uh, an event that happened in uh, my childhood. And so I wanted things to be different. And I had heard about God, even though I didn't, wouldn't say I had a relationship with him, but I'd heard about him. And I thought, well, 
if my child like mine, it was worth a try, especially if he is as good as everyone was portraying God to be. And what I found is as in my adult life that actually I do believe he heard my prayer because if I look at my beginnings, um, where I am today is far from that. And one would expect that I would not have arrived here um, based on the circumstance, but I arrived here based on those prayers, based on God's hearing those prayers and God answering those prayers. So that is, that is why I see prayer is invaluable. And especially since this week I'm going to be talking about in the webinar, um, depression, just talk about how prayer is significant in that. And you'll hear more about that if you attend on Saturday. But today I'm going to focus more on prayers and how we should be praying as the body of Christ and as believers. And we'll find that praying is not just about what we want or what we think we deserve or what whether we want God to render vindication for us. No, this is more of individuals and people who have come to the knowledge of faith and understand that God, God wants us to pray. He wants us to reach out to him. He wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us not to talk so much in our prayers. He wants us to listen to him because in listening to him, we begin to understand how we should be praying. So one of the first areas I want to talk about is praying for one another. We read, and I'm not going to pepper you with a lot of scripture, but scripture is a guide for us to give us that understanding and really it can be um, like a catalyst to move us into that deeper relationship with God because God can reveal to us even more than what we even read in our word and those revelations help us as we navigate in our lives. So when I say pray for one another, I mentioned James 5 and verse 16. He says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I'm reading these from um, the New International Version. So um, sometimes I'll vacillate between that and King James because King James is when is the actual uh, language that I learned scripture from. So sometimes I kind of revert back to my initial learnings. But when we think about confessing our sins to each other and pray for each other, one of the things I often will caution people when I counsel is that, you know, the last thing someone wants is someone sharing uh, confidential information when they've asked us to pray for them. And sometimes, yes, the information might be salacious and juicy and gossipy and all of that stuff, but um, as Christians, as confidants, one of the things that I really, really take very seriously and, and, and pride myself on doing, and I pray I do it well, I'm probably not perfect, but one of the things uh, that's important to me is that when someone asks you to pray and they give you their heartfelt concerns, those concerns need to be between you and that individual and God because they're entrusting their heart to you. And usually if someone is asking you to pray for them, they're going through something difficult or they're having some challenging times and it's hard to pray for themselves. And you know, when they're saying confess your sins to one another, if you really have that spirit, the spirit of God in you, it's really very, very hard um, to keep things that may hurt God or hurt his spirit. And um, so we want to come to God with really clean hands per se. Um, so if we've done something that offends God, um, and it could be offensive to, to others, but it offends God because we know it's not right, then you want God to be able to hear your prayers. 
So what he's saying to us is that it is through confession um, that we are healed from whatever it is that is plaguing our spirits. And then we are able to pray for others um, because we have uh, come clean, per se. And, you know, you want to deal when we talk with God, we want to come to him with clean hands. So and we want people to understand that we, too, are fallible people. It's not just that um, other people fail. We, too, fail. But we want to we want to encourage that person or those individuals that, you know, God understands and he knows. And so if it's a prayer for deliverance, you can pray that prayer with passion and, and, and effectiveness. Um, that's why saying the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Um, you could pray that prayer with power because you understand the power of God and how he does forgive and restore us. So we should pray for one another. We should be confident in our prayer, but we also should be confidential in our prayers. Those prayers are between you, that individual, and God. And you'll see how God will show himself and prove himself through the answer of prayer. Um, also, in our prayers at all times, it says in Romans 1, 9, that now at last by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. And this is Paul talking to the church in Rome. And he's saying that, um, you know, when he is with them, you know, that uh, that in his prayers at all times, he gets to see that God's will may be open for him to come back to visit with them um, because he's been away from them. And when you've been away from someone that you care about, that you love, it can be somewhat agonizing. Um you know, that, and he's talking about how he remembers them in prayer, because in that first part of, uh, in chapter, in verse nine of Romans one, he says, God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. It's an amazing thing when someone thinks of you in their prayers, because that says that you're special to them. And so when you're praying for someone else, what you're saying is that you mean something to me. You're valuable to me. So we should be praying for one another. We should also be praying for the sick. These days, we've had so many people experiencing illness. We understand that um, prayer is what's helpful. I had a family member recently um, experiencing um, a severe sickness, COVID-19, um, and it was prayers that were influential and helpful in, to me for praying for them, and it also gave me peace in praying for them. Often it's easy to pray for our loved ones because we know them, but we're also called to pray for those we don't know, those who are suffering. Uh, often I go through my Facebook feed and I'll see people indicating that this individual is suffering and they really need the prayers of the church. And so I make it a point to stop and whisper a prayer, even if I don't know them. In James 5, 14 through 15, it tells us, is anyone sick among you? He said, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And then it goes on to say, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Um, I've experienced situations where people have been sick and I've been asked to pray. And it is a great testimony to be able to tell others how God is faithful and he is a healer. In Old Testament history, and they used to call, um, they called God El Rapha, which means God, the God who heals. And God is still healing, even in olden days and current day, and he will continue to heal as we 
reach out and we call out uh, those who are sick and for the sake of the grace, it could be ourselves. So we want to know that um, we are being faithful in our witness when we pray for those who are sick amongst us. If you remember when Jesus traveled the earth and, um, and the people brought, brought their sick, their infirmed um, to Jesus and Jesus healed them. And, you know, that those were miracles that today we think are unimaginable, but actually they are, um, we are able to pray for the sick and we have that same power because the spirit of God is within us and it is through our prayers that God can show himself mighty. We should be praying for our enemies. Now that's a tough one. When people hurt us, the last thing we want to do is pray for them. But God calls us to pray for them. In Matthew 5, verses 44 and 45, he says, But I tell you, to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. When you're praying for your enemies, you're demonstrating who you belong to. You're demonstrating that um, you don't hold things against them. That doesn't mean that you're sitting down to have dinner with them or you break bread with them because sometimes your enemies, all they want to do is destroy. But our, our objective is love. And when you can love your enemy, then you are demonstrating the power and the passion of God. In fact, in Acts 7, 59 through 60, some of you may recall when they were stoning Stephen, um, Stephen prayed for his enemies, the people that were stoning him. Imagine that. You know, we aren't necessarily being stoned, but that someone up, upon the at a time when they're about to experience death, Stephen prayed. He said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell on his knees and he cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And then it says, when he had said this, he fell asleep. He died. But yet, even in his worst, in the worst time that he was experiencing possibly in his life, he dies. But maybe it wasn't his worst time because he realized um, to be absent from the body was present with the Lord. And so he understood that his enemies didn't even understand what they were doing. And sometimes our enemies, they don't know and some of the things that they say and do or their lack of understanding of us, of those who may be their enemy, um, that in fact, uh, through prayer, hopefully, they come to an understanding and we come to a better understanding of what unconditional love is, even though you have individuals that do not like you. Now, some of those people that don't like you may be in your own family. <laughs> We're still required and God encourages us to pray for them. And I won't say that this isn't hard. This is extremely hard, but it is a freedom. It gives release. It provides you with everything that you need in order to um, really accomplish the goals that God has for you. And who knows, maybe God has put these enemies or those family members in your life for a specific reason. Um, maybe it's to test your faith, just to see you know, how committed you really are to doing and um, being within the will of the Father. We're also called to pray for our political leaders. Now that can be hard depending on your political party. I personally try to stay away from our um, discussions or arguments on political views. I believe that people have a right to their opinion and I don't need to influence people with mine. But when someone doesn't agree with you, that is no reason not to pray for them. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3, we hear, I urge you then, first of all, 
that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. You know, I, I so agree with this scripture in that, or I can, I can relate to it because I find when I hear negative rhetoric, it really hurts my spirit. I tell my family all the time, I don't want to have that discussion. Let's not talk about this over dinner or right before bed or any of that. In fact, I don't like to hear any negative rhetoric. Yes, I do have opinions, and some of those opinions are strong. But the, the most important opinion for me is what is God's opinion and what he wants. And so when he tells me to pray for my leaders or uh, those that are over me, those that are in authority, whether I like them or not, that doesn't say that. It says all those who are in authority. So I think we would have a lot, uh, we would have more peace in our lives if we would follow the principles of Christ. He didn't say pray for them if you like them. He didn't say pray for them if they're your political party. He didn't say pray for them if it is your political stance or view. He didn't say pray for them if they were partisan or bipartisan. He said none of that. He said pray for them. And we know we all need prayer. So I encourage you, uh, especially even in our current climate, because there's so much virile language and just so much negativity. And yes, uh, if you have a right to your strong views, but we also have a responsibility to pray. We're also supposed to pray for our pastors and our leaders or should pray for our pastors and our leaders. I won't tell anyone what they're supposed to do. Let God lead you in what you should be doing. I pray that if you're reading your word, then you're understanding that that's something you should be doing anyway. In Ephesians 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul says to the church at Ephesus, he said, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. With pastors and leaders, sometimes it's tough because God is giving us the responsibility of uh, speaking his word and giving you teachings and guidance based on biblical truths. And we have, a, a, um, we have an audience that <clears throat> is, is, is de deliberately and purposely either tuning in on Zooms these days or you're listening to them in an auditory form or um, you're meeting with them, but you have a significant, pastors and preachers have significant influence because you have congregants who are coming to hear not you, but what thus saith the Lord. And so it's important for us to pray for our pastors and leaders because they too are under, we too are under attack and for various reasons or based on varying views. And so when we're praying for them, especially if we're praying to God, the author and finisher of our faith, then we know he's going to give them the guidance that they need in order to preach the word sound doctrine without compromise and without opinion. So I encourage you, pray for your pastors. As Paul says, pray that they may fearlessly declare the word of the Lord. And fearlessly um, sometimes means some people are going to get offended, but that's okay. Um, just, just continue to pray for them and pray for the one who does suffer offense because sometimes God's word does offend. He, his whole goal is to get us into the right relationship with him. And then we should be praying for everybody. In 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4, it reads, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. Now, we read that before, 
um, when we talk about political leaders, um, but also it says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So not just um, political leaders, but everybody. <clears throat> God wants us to pray for everyone. And um, without, you know, opinion or without your uh, feelings, sometimes, you know, we say we're into our feelings and sometimes we have to lay our feelings down for the sake of others. Just think, Christ laid his life down for the sake of others. So I think we can lay our feelings down, don't you? And then finally, I, I want to encourage us to pray for ourselves. You know, it's tough sometimes uh, as Christians to really follow and walk out our faith. Because, you know, sometimes we're hard-pressed, as the word says, on every side. And we, we may be hard-pressed. And there may be situations that are difficult. You know, if you have a family, if you're married or if you have children, if you have a mom, if you have a dad, if you have friends that you're close to, the bottom line is something, anything throughout the day can, you know, turn your world upside down. And so you want to be able to pray for yourself. You know, what do you want to pray for yourself? Do you need peace? Do you need comfort? Do you need deliverance? Do you need hope? Do you need uh, confident trust? Are you looking for him for something? Are you appealing for something? You need to pray to God for that. Remember the servant that, um, was uh, worked. He, he worked with Abraham. He was the servant of Abraham, and Abraham was getting old in years, and he wanted to find a wife for his son Isaac, and so he sent his servant to search for uh, and find a wife for him. And the servant prayed. He said, "Lord God of my master Abraham," he said, "Make me successful today and show kindness to my master Abraham." He prayed for himself because one, he loved his he loved Abraham, his master. But also, he wanted to um, deliver and do the right things and, and be successful in his journey. We want to be successful in our lives, and we want God to bless the things that we do. Um, and, and it's tough. <laughs> Life is tough. Um, but <clears throat> when we submit ourselves to God, when we pray for ourselves, you know, it can be as simple as, Lord, as I journey all out of my home today, I pray that you watch over my home and my family and my children, wherever they may be, in their various walks and their various encounters. Um, it's a good pray um, on your way to work that, you know, that when you walk into the work environment, that it be a peaceful environment, that everything you lay your hands on, that you would give them the guide, that God would give you the guidance to accomplish whatever it is he wants you to accomplish for that day. But Whatever is going on, God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear the things that trouble you. He wants to hear uh, of the things that cause you distress. Um, and in prayer, we get wisdom, we get strength, and we learn how to endure. We develop patience, and um, God can help us through all of that if we would just lay all of those things um, on him and know that he hears us and he does answer prayer. So I, I don't want you to forget and remind you again to join me on Saturday the 15th, which, which is tomorrow, um, at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's for one hour, 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. Uh, for my second part two of Trifecta of Destruction. And this particular episode is on depression. And again, whether you've experienced it or not, there may be someone that you know that has or family members. And I do believe and have am very confident that God can reveal some things to you that will help you help yourself or help them. 
So I appreciate if you will join me um, on that uh, webinar and on that call. It is MamieJohnsonMinistries.org and hit events and you'll be able to register there. The cost is free. We want to be able to bring um, content-driven material for you and not always charge. Obviously, your gifts are very important, and we appreciate that, and it's your gifts that allow us to do what we do. So as I close today, since I talked about prayer, I do want to pray for you and pray God's blessings for you going forward. Father, we just thank you for the privilege and the time and this um, vehicle that we're able to reach the masses, and thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer. I thank you that um, you give us guidance and you teach us how to pray as the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray and teach us what to pray for. And throughout your word, we're given what we should pray for, for from praying for one another to praying for the sick, for our pastors and leaders, our political leaders, our enemies, ourselves and everybody. Father, there is much to seek your guidance for. We don't want to always come to you with our hands out seeking something. But Father, we want to come with you in a communing environment to get to know you better, to, to love more, to understand what it means to be one with Christ, to understand the power that dwells within us through the power, through the presence of your Holy Spirit. Father, you hear, your word tells us, you hear and you answer our prayers. So may our prayers not be selfishly motivated, but align with your will, that it may accomplish your will and that we might be the people of faith that you've called us to be. We thank you for the privilege of being able to go into the most holy of holies and to cry out to you, sinful flesh, to a holy God, and that you hear and answer us. May our faith be strengthened, our resolve be sound, and may, may our minds be set on serving you. It is in the privilege of being called your sons and daughters that I pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. God bless you.